0: Welcome to Overheard at Chica's Cafe, and I am Chica, Sonia Iris Lozada. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Overheard at Chica's Cafe. And today I have my agent, Steve Walker, who I've known for a long time and I adore him. So hey, Steve.
1: (laughs) Hey, Sonia. How are you? Good. Good. So
0: this is the first time I've had an agent on the show. And how did you get into being an agent?
1: Uh, Sort of like through the back channel of it. uh, Graduated undergrad at Niagara University, went to grad school at New York University, got a master's degree in performance arts administration. Then living in New York City for a long time, I was the sort of like the operations manager, general manager, you know coordination guy for a ton of small you know independent theater companies um also working as an actor at the same time came out to la started working for uh, a small talent agent and still working in a, as an actor at that time i um, started getting a lot of acting work and all of a sudden i ended up working with that agency but then i actually really loved being an agent so i moved over when one of the agents got a, uh, you know, became pregnant and she needed to go part-time just to deal with the pregnancy and the birth of her child. So then I just sort of took over the desk. And when that agent left, I sort of just stayed. So it was kind of like the back end of it, but it ended up being one of those things that I loved because it got, it, it was, I was very fingers in the pie and I love using right brain, left brain. So it just ended up being one of those scenarios that I loved being able to like sort through all the minutia and the detail of agenting and contracts and putting all of my administration abilities to use. So that's kind of how that happened and that was about 17 16 or 17 years ago and I've been doing it ever since.
0: Yeah, have I known you that long? Is it been? Yep. That oh yeah. my god. <laughs> I started
1: working I started working there 20 in, in 2000 uh, January 2004 is when I started working there, so.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah, and then it was just the assistant, so.
0: I know, and it doesn't even seem that long.
1: I know, right? When we were both three.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, a lot of people want to know, I mean, as actors, we kind of know what an agent does. We know you represent us, but also can you tell us about, you know, the negotiations? What happens with casting?
1: The number one thing that actors don't understand, and I understand why they don't understand this, is that everything is a business transaction, and it's almost impersonal. I tell actors to look at themselves as paper clips, and so they're selling paper clips, and not, you know, selling their being. And I only say that because. It takes that, I know actors put their heart and soul into every audition. And I know they go through the effort now of self-taping and creating that space and doing all the homework of memorizing and trying to figure stuff out. And there's a lot personally attached to it. But when you put it out there, you have to think of yourself as a paperclip. And there's going to be someone who wants your kind of paperclips. There's going to be someone else who wants another kind of paperclips. And there's nothing personal about it. So the number one thing for an agent to realize is like, I'm I'm basically trying to get the best price for paper clips. It doesn't really have anything to do with Sonia or Tony or Sam or Marianne or whoever it is that I'm repping. I am just trying to get them to buy the paper clips. So for me, it's always about what's the best price I can get for the paper clips. What's the fastest and most efficient way I can get that paper clip sold and get the most out of it for myself without losing the deal. So that's all I can think about is trying to get the best deal, the most money, the least friction, the best billing, all of that kind of stuff. And it's all standard, no, there's never, actors are afraid to ask for better billing because they're like, they're worried the deal will go away. It's not gonna go away unless I say we're passing, they can't pull the deal, it's part of a SAG thing so it's very rare a deal goes away it only goes away when we say no that's not acceptable we're passing and then they'll either come back to us with a better offer or they'll they'll go on to another actor but it that's i, I think maybe once i've lost a gig because it wasn't working for someone other than that everyone always seems to be able to come to a consensus cuz casting directors want the same thing they want it to work out cuz the producers love them so if the casting director loses the actor, after the producers have said, yes, they look like idiots. So it's all about that. It's all about creating that. Okay. What can we accept? What can they accept? Okay. Let's figure it out and let's make it work.
0: One of those actors, I took it super personally. You know, I thought, oh, I'm going to make my living off of this. Well, I was certainly wrong.
1: Every actor should go into a, a, a casting session and be a reader, try to do that, especially when you get up to the higher level and I was a reader years ago and I was sort of like helping out with casting offices. You know, you would go in there and you would watch these Emmy winners and an Oscar you know, nominee and all these amazing actors and actresses come in and you'd be reading with them. And they're all fantastic, but there was only one right person. So it's never about the read you give. It's never about that. It's like, you need to go in and do your job. And then you have to realize that I'm either the right guy or I'm not the right guy one of the, I I say this to people all the time. It's, it's my story is you could walk into a room with the most beautiful green sweater that you've ever, that anyone has ever seen. It could be, you know, raised in Ireland by the sheep that your grandmother raised that had shorn and your mother could weave that into wool and, you know, knit that into a sweater and dye it with the four leaf clovers that she finds on the farm. And it could be every, you walk into a room and Every casting person could say, That's the most beautiful green sweater I've ever seen. And you have pride and integrity in that sweater and you love it and you do your thing. And they're like, But we need a blue sweater. You're not going to change the sweater. You're not going to dye the sweater blue. Yeah. But I've seen this so many times three episodes later, three weeks later, or something. Someone will come, you know, a a role will come across their desk and they're like, oh, this would be a great role for a green sweater. Oh my God, I know someone with the most amazing green sweater in the world. Let's get her. Let's get him. You just have to be 110% yourself and it'll all fall into place. Maybe not for that particular job, but down the road, that's all you can do is just be the best you you can be. They're either going to like it or they're not. So Don't ever give up the beauty of your green sweater. Don't try to be something else. The best thing you can be is 100% you.
0: When I go into auditions, I'm usually up against the same people over and over again.
1: And did you ever think when someone told you that before you moved to LA and you're like, you're gonna see the same people in the, the waiting room and you're like, yeah, right. There's a million actors out here. It's never gonna happen. And then that's exactly what happens.
0: You see the same, yeah. I mean, it's like the same five people. Yes, yes. It's, and we've become friends because it's the yes. same five people.
1: And you all know that I'm going to get it or you're going to get it or she's going to get it or she, or, or that right. gay guy who is a weird, all of a sudden is showing up is going to get it. Like it's, you just never know, but it's, yeah.
0: Honestly, when I go into the room and I see these women, they can all do it. We can all yes. do it. It has yes. nothing to do, I know their talent It's all there. It just depends on if, like you said, they're looking for a blue sweater instead of a green one. Um, And that's where I realized that it has nothing to do with the talent. Because if you're being called in constantly, they know you have the talent. They just want to see if you fit in. This
1: is another one of my, this is back in New York. I was working production for a show that was being filmed in New York. So Mm -hmm. I was in production. I wasn't Mm -hmm. like acting, casting, agenting or anything. And the scenario was it was a one-day guest star for a procedural show Mm -hmm. and the story was that a young kid got stuck between the brick of two buildings you know in new york there's a lot of like those narrow passages where one Mm -hmm. building and there's the brick between so he got stuck so the fire department had to come save him uh so there were it was like a one day maybe a you know a two-day guest star or something and there was a line of actresses in the production office who was meeting with the casting director. So there was maybe eight, seven or eight women there all, you know, sitting, it was before the age of cell phones goes back. So they were all sitting with their sides and they were all had their focus in their heads because they had to go to a really emotional place. And before they were going in, the casting director was in the production room and the director comes in and I was standing right there. And the director says, to the casting director, oh, we just cast that young redhead kid this morning for this. So if that woman with the strawberry blonde hair can even walk and talk, cast her, because she'll match the sun. So then the casting director goes into the room and auditions like seven women that aren't going to get it. And I know that they're all thinking they can. The casting director said didn't say, yo, you're not going to get it. He heard every one of them. He gave them the time. And these women poured their hearts out. And then who got it? the woman with the strawberry blonde hair because she matched the child that had already been cast. Again, it's like one of those, like they were going in there to be actresses and doing what they needed to do. And I'm sure they were all fantastic, but they had no choice because the other person was going to get it. So we have to do our job. You have to do your job and you have to know that it's out of your hands and yeah. let it go. And and the, I, the act of doing the job has to be your joy sadly but that's what it has to be
0: because you know we're on strike right now and yes I actually got put on hold now I don't know the difference between hold and avail
1: it's all uh, changed but yeah
0: yeah but I was put on hold for one and avail on the other mm-hmm. and I got to let go of both of them but what it, explain to me because me as an actor that I've been doing this for a long time I don't know the difference mm-hmm. between a hold and an avail
1: There's no difference. It's just a casting office makes their own choice of what words they're going to use. A pin is the same thing. It's like, you know, it's basically what it's, it used to mean that you are the choice, you are the number one choice. So we're putting a pin in you, or we're putting you on a veil, which is more of a commercial term than a Whatever, these but, both
0: commercials, yeah.
1: Yes. So we're you are the choice, but we don't have the dates lined up yet. So we're waiting to get that to get permission, but you are the choice. So it went from that to in the last few years, there's been you know issues that now they'll put you on, they'll pin you or put you on a veil if you're one of five choices. Well, the casting decide, you know, is sending it off to producers, so the producers can make their choice. And then they'll still keep you pinned or on a veil if you're the second or third choice in case the number one choice deal doesn't work out. So it's unfair to the actor now because they're telling you, oh, you have to take yourself off the shelf and give us yourself available to us when the actor is all like, Yay, I'm gonna get the job, but it doesn't mean that anymore. It basically just means that you're one of five or you're one of six that maybe the producers are interested in. I don't think it's fair. I tend not to tell actors when they're pinned. I always email immediately and just say, oh, great. Is she the choice or are you just sending them off to producers to make a choice? If you're the choice, I'm going to let you know that say, hey, you're the choice and offers is going to be coming down the road. If you are not the choice, if you're just one of five, I'm not going to tell you because then you're going to get your hopes up and it could just all go away. What I will do afterwards is say you know, Hey, you were, you were very close in the running The produce, you know, the casting loved you. They sent you to producers, but it went to another actress, but I'll let you know, but I'm not going to let you know that you're pinned because I need to know that if something else comes up, but it's not fair to you. It's not fair to it's really gotten to a point where for certain shows and for certain casting offices, we would actually have to sign a, a paper stating that we had, heard that they were pinned and knew that they were pinned, and we'd have to send that back to casting. So then casting would come at us if they took another job. We're like, where you're taking an actor off the shelf
0: and not so paying play them.
1: with. Yeah. And look at them and not, yeah, it's not fair.
0: Well, I think that's part of what we're fighting about too, because now when we audition, they're taking auditions from all over the, the U S and say, where are you located?
1: But one of that is the COVID thing. And that might change. Now that the COVID restrictions are done, but they, if you were, they want you to state that you are based in Los Angeles or they're not going to cast you because they couldn't travel you during COVID. It was part of the COVID restrictions or they wouldn't take a chance that you were gotten to an airport then an airplane. And then you landed after they paid for you and that you ended up having COVID. So they, that was one of the COVID restrictions that I, it may be released, but that's why they wanted you to state on camera that you were a Los Angeles actor and you were based in Los Angeles at the moment that way they wouldn't take that opportunity or they the chance of loss so
0: yeah yeah it's been really interesting but I voted to have you know the strike because it became abusive with the self-tapes that's what I was more right annoyed about because I would spend all this time learning the lines, setting up my apartment to look like the place. And it's like, you didn't do that for me in the casting office. right? You know? if, if I was lucky, if I was going to sit down at a desk that you had a, you know, like a pop-up desk and a, a folding chair. Or just a me. chair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that to me was one, I the worst one I heard was this one guy at an audition commercial audition. They wanted you to go to the restaurant for the restaurant commercial and involve the waiter into your audition.
1: That's way too much. yeah yeah
0: it was a little a little too much.
1: there are some there are some benefits to it. you know, if it's, it, it's there are there, you know if it's a one or two line thing and you can throw off, you know, you can do three or four takes in a half hour. So instead of getting in your car, driving to a studio, waiting in line, walking on the lot, showing your ID, getting in line again, once you're there waiting. So what would be like a two or three hour audition for two or three lines now becomes like a half hour throwing it off. And I don't like that to me is great. You can do it a hundred times and send the three best ones. I love that idea of it. What I didn't love is the idea that you were learning lines spending a lot of time on these scenes, never getting an ounce of feedback. If you have a great individual take on it, but it wasn't the take that they were looking for, how would you ever know? They never came back to you and said, oh, have him redo it. But here are, you know, he, this is where we want him to go. So we would never know anything. And that's, that's, I think, where the major fail was, just letting actors down, just not being able to see if they could play in the room or change what they're doing. I,
0: so yeah, that's... when when the self tapings first started, I loved it. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, I don't have to drive in LA traffic. I loved it.
1: Yeah.
0: where it became a hassle was just having to have a, like a studio. Um, people right. requesting, and I haven't felt this more in theatrical. I felt it more in commercials. You know, have the lighting. Have your family do the role with you. You know, how right. it, it's that's where it became a hassle because it is very hard one to find a reader. You know, you could only ask yeah. so much, but I, but I do, I ask, a, I have like three people I go to, <laughs> to help me read. But that is one of the harder things to find as someone to read with.
1: Most people I know have their you know, self tape buddy um, that they work with. So you can do it. It's easy to do it over FaceTime or zoom or something. So you can set this up and set your camera up. So you have that, there. So you have a real life voice without having someone actually in the room. So you get that play of realism. But most people I know have that. So like, hey, I've got a self tape too. Great. I'll come over at four or I have a whatever. And we're at a point right now where most people have a self tape. I don't want to say studio, but they have the setup. So it's easy to throw up a blue screen and a tripod and a camera. And it's so that's, it, it's, and as long as you're doing it in daylight, like both of us right now are lit fine for, I'm just using daylight. I think you're using daylight. Yes, so, I... you know, it, it's, you know, daylight is fine. It's the nighttime, things get a little trickier, but for the most part, things that people are, there's very few people I know of right now that aren't great at it. And your self tapes have gotten like, oh, since the beginning of it, they've, you know, they've gone from what everyone's looked like to you doing really masterful self tapes at this point. So. It's oh, showing, you. your work is showing.
0: Thank you. This is where the last I set one, it the, up. the
1: General Hospital <laughs> one was great. That was really a fantastic self-tape. So.
0: Oh, thank you. Because yeah. you never hear, so it's nice you to You never hear. hear.
1: <laughs> it drives me insane, yes.
0: I mean, I've been doing a lot, mostly commercial auditions, since obviously we're on strike, but I was so happy to get that soap opera audition. I didn't even know yeah. that you could do soap opera. So that was exciting. Yes.
1: Different and, contract.
0: So. Yeah. So I am excited. I'm uh, learning voiceover from a friend. And I have to say, she's a little tenacious. She goes, you have that talent. I don't know why you're not making money this way. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I will do my demo. She's willing to help me with it. Uh, She works a lot doing uh, voiceover.
1: Well, here's the thing with voiceover is Mm -hmm. you can almost come at it from a different way. The Netflix, Amazon, like all of those streaming services that have picked up content from all over the world from you know germany danish uh italian or whatever There, all of those need voices dubbed in english so anything spanish because of your history and your background and the fact that you speak you speak spanish even though you wouldn't you would be translating from spanish to english just the fact that you have a slight accent or whatever it lends to it so if you could even like find out who's voice casting some of those uh shows and start working with those teams and find out who the casting director is on those because they just pick their friends because it's not a lot of money it's a two-hour minimum at like 89 dollars plus uh some money against all residuals so it ends up being about 124 dollars per session per hour or something so you'll get like 250 dollars or something but so it's not a great amount of money but it's a It's a steady stream of work for some people just because they know the casting office. So you can almost circumvent having an agent having a big demo reel as long as you can, you know, do your own work and send it off to that casting person. They're going to start using you repeatedly. And the few people that I know that do it, some of them we cover, some of them are just friends of mine. Mm -hmm. They don't. They work all the time just because the casting director calls them directly because they've used them before and they know they show up on time, they have their words down and they do their thing. So
0: Since I do have the equipment to be able to record everything and my demo, I'm actually working on it right now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that you did music to it and all this other kind of stuff. You really make it sound really good. So I'm going to give her my rough takes on it. Well, not my rough takes, my best takes on it. And she's going to give me advice and tell me how to... Do all that stuff. So that's really good. So, what made you pick theatrical or did it pick you?
1: I grew up on television. I love television. Television is my, like, from I Love Lucy and reruns when I was a little kid, watching them and laughing with my family, Carol Burnett, you know, then the magical television night of Saturday night with Mary Tyler Moore and All in the Family and uh, Bob Newhart and like all of that kind of stuff. Like, it's like, I, I'm addicted to television and the progression that television has taken from some of those years through the bad sort of like later seventies. But even then with, you know, like three's company, all that kind of, like those really great sort of sitcoms. It's just, that's what I did. That's what I loved. And now with the, you know, they used to call it the golden age, but now I don't know what age we're in, but with shows like the crown with the arcs that these people are telling with some of the, the television that's out there that is so incredibly well written and so incredibly well acted it's truly amazing and with theater or with film film isn't done in LA anymore it's so much cheaper to film in London than it is here because it's a right to work they pay the actors less they don't have to cover residuals for them so actors that we have that live in London that go through London agents, they make less, but they work all the time. And they work on some of the biggest films out there. It's just, there's no L, there's no film industry in Los Angeles anymore, unless you truly are a movie star. And then you're with one of the top agencies out there and they shoot you, but they don't shoot in LA, they shoot all over the world. So it's, that's why television is sort of my focus.
0: Got it. And television is actually, you know, you do one episode and on to the next. I remember that there was an actor with the same agency that he worked every show as a guest star. And then he went through a dry spell for a year Mm -hmm. because he already had done all the shows.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We've had actors that have gone through dry spells for seven years. Then all of a sudden they be, you're picked up as a recurring guest star. Oh, that would be
0: nice. Yeah.
1: And then they work (laughs) for seven seasons on something and they do 10 episodes a year and really great money. So it's just, it's all, it's all hit and miss.
0: it, yeah. And there's a, a sense of luck in it because I've known some actors that are truly so incredibly talented. Like I watched them act and I'm like in awe and I, you know, I wish I could be as mm-hmm. good as them and they don't work as much, right. you know? So it, it really doesn't matter. Like I was part of the casting for a theater uh, show. I was assisting casting. I wasn't the casting director. Mm-hmm. And two guys showed up, we automatically wanted the gigolo guy to be very handsome and have it all together. And that the husband being a little nerdy. Now that's very stereotypical. Right. But when these two guys came in to read the parts, the guy that was not that great became the gigolo. I mean, not great looking. He just had that rolled down. I mean, he was, you could see his talent was so good that you bypassed his looks and said that guy can definitely get a woman, yeah. Because he's entertaining, he's got finesse, he has all this. So they switched the roles. No, the husband Gosh. was the one that was right. the hot one, and then yeah, and it just got a lot of re- good reviews. Um, I believe it won even an award. You know, it there went against. Go. It went against typecasting.
1: Right. But you to get into that story, you were talking about talented actors that don't work enough. And the difference between talented actors that don't work enough and so-so actors that work all the time are their effort that they put into it. If, uh, acting is a business. And just like I was talking earlier about paperclips and thinking yourself that way, you constantly have to sell yourself as paperclips. You have to do that. It's There's no way around it. No agent can do that. I'm too busy just filling out the breakdowns every day and negotiating deals to be able to really develop someone. But who's better to develop yourself than you are? So you are the one that needs to go out and figure out what shows are casting in LA, shooting in LA, so you can start targeting those casting directors. Make make choices that if you're a young kid coming out of school, you have to know that NCIS has been through almost every actor between the three different versions of it. Every actor that's in LA has been in one of those shows. So you need to start targeting those talent agents or those I'm sorry, those casting directors so you can be the one that they're seeing and you have to rise above the noise of everything else. So that's, you know, you, you have to start doing homework. You have to start figuring out who you are. Are you half hour? Are you multicam half hour? Are you... You know, series, can you do medical jargon? Should you be on Grey's Anatomy? These are actor things that it's a business. You have to know your strengths, know what you do, and then go after it. It doesn't help sitting at the home waiting for the phone to ring. What would help is setting two hours aside every day for your acting hours and your business to to do whatever you need to do. Set yourself a goal. I'm going to send 10 emails a day. I don't know what that means but just 10 emails to promote yourself as an actor to whomever that's what actors need to do you need to do that to become you know successful in this business and work and even actors that i know are on series as soon as they get on a series the first question they say is all right i have a ten. i have a three one hiatus coming up is there any film that I can be a part of? How do I get myself out there? How can we go to the next level with this? Get me to this person. How do I meet this director? It's always a process. There's actors on the line right now, picket lines for the WGA, who are only out there so they can meet the showrunners. That's that's being an actor.
0: Yeah, the there was I like you and I talking offline. Right. I wanted to get to the uh, Warner one. Because yeah. it's right around the corner from here. And I, you know, and time did not allow me. And they did just cancel Mondays because of Hurricane Hillary.
1: <laughs> it was easier in the spring or something before they got summer and they were doing morning and afternoon slots because of the afternoon of the heat. They're not doing them right now, but you know you should be making it a point to say one day a week every tuesday every wednesday whatever was best for you to say i'm going to walk the lines and i'm going to walk i'm going to go to a different studio every time because whatever show is being filmed on that lot for those writers are so you get to meet so many different people who are the you know the showrunner, the head writers the whatever I've, i've seen casting people out on those lines i've seen Agencies go as an entire group. So all of this agency is out walking the line one day. It's, that's kind of how it works. I think it's a good thing.
0: Yeah. So we're getting towards the end of our interview Mm -hmm. here. What would you like to say to the audience, to an actor, a fellow agent? What kind of advice would you give?
1: When I moved to LA, the first piece of advice I was given this is by a teamster Mm -hmm. and it was a she teamster who was a driver for a wardrobe department and she said this was you know this is the first i I landed in la picked up a car drove to my friend's house where i was staying and we went out to dinner that night so this is my first day in la and she said if you have a full-time job you work that full-time job about 40 hours a week if you don't have a full-time job your job is to get a job and again that should be about 40 hours a week that's what being an actor is in LA you have to establish working hours you have to establish that is okay i'm taking acting class i have to watch this group of television shows i have to figure out how to get to this Person, you know, right now it could just be, hey, I'm going to film a TikTok. I'm going to do something to put myself out there online. I'm going to do something. But as an actor, you have to spend time to get work. If you don't do that, you are letting yourself down and you are letting your business down. No one would open up a hair salon and then just never go into work. When you open up a hair salon, you need to be there 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week. You need to go out onto the street and you need to say, hey, come on in and get a, I'll, I'll do a blow dry for you half off just because I'm trying to get new customers. You, you're always doing something to create a stronger presence. That's that's the piece of advice. You, it's, it doesn't come simply. It doesn't come easy. Like, it, it, you know, if your parents ever played the lottery or you ever played the lottery, You don't play it. You still keep your full-time job, but you play the lottery hoping you're going to win and you might win, but chances are it's the full-time job going to work every day is where the bread and butter comes from. That's being an actor. You might become a celebrity at the age of 20, or you might work every day at being an actor and you be, you know, someone who goes from series to series to feature films, to doing some theater. And that's, where the work is so do the work every day that's the best thing i can say to someone
0: well thank you that is amazing advice i'm even taking it uh and uh I, i
1: put that in my own play. i i do 20 emails a day it's hard during the strike i force myself to send out 20 emails a day sometimes i'm just i don't know what to do sometimes if i see an episode of a television show that i really loved I will send the casting director a note just saying that was a great episode. I just did that the other day. I saw Oppenheimer. That casting was impeccable. You send a note to the casting director and you just say that was, you were amazing. Like, I can't believe how you pull those people together. It does nothing but put good karma into the jar. So maybe five weeks down the line or uh, six months down the line, if I need him to see someone, I'm like, hey, I've got this guy. Will you see someone for me? And, you know, and they'll be like, oh, I love this guy. He's always, you know, you know, whatever. So it's, but I, if I check it off 20 emails a day, 20 emails a day. And it's hard sometimes because I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> but <laughs> Sometimes it's what it takes to do that. So yeah, figure it out. Figure out what that rule is for yourself. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. This has been amazing. You are a joy
1: as always.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you, sweetie. And no, this is just, you know, there's so much out there that people don't know. Yeah. And it's so important to I mean, even me. I mean, you were saying certain things that I go, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be doing that. Oh yeah. (laughs) So it's a good reminder for me and great advice for someone that's starting out. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. All right. You as well. Bye. Bye. thank you for listening to overheard at chica's cafe you can find us on spotify and other podcast platforms visit us at overheard at chicascafe.com and on our facebook page at overheard chica this is where all friends meet